Now, there's a story told about Fiorella LaGuardia, who, when he was mayor of New York City during the worst days of the Great Depression and all of World War II, was called by many New Yorkers the Little Flower. And they called him the Little Flower because, well, he was five foot four, and he always had a carnation in the lapel of his jacket. He was a truly colorful character who used to ride the New York City fire trucks, raid speakeasies with the police officers, and he'd even take entire orphanages out to baseball games. And whenever newspapers went on strike, he actually went over the radio so he could read the Sunday comics to the kids. Well, one bitterly cold night in January of 1935, the mayor turned up at a night court that served the poorest ward in the city. When LaGuardia arrived, he dismissed the judge for the evening and took the bench himself. Within a few minutes, a tattered old woman was brought before him, charged with stealing a loaf of bread. She told LaGuardia that her daughter's husband had deserted her, and now her daughter was gravely ill, and her two grandchildren were starving. But the shop owner from whom the bread was stolen refused to drop the charges. And he said, it's a real bad neighborhood, your honor. She's got to be punished to teach the other people in the neighborhood a lesson. LaGuardia had a deep sigh. He turned to the woman and he said, ma'am, I've got to punish you. The law makes no exceptions. He pounded the gavel and he said, $10 or 10 days in jail. But even as he pronounced sentence, the mayor had already reached into his pocket and he extracted a bill and tossed it into the hat saying, here is the $10 fine, which I now remit. And furthermore, I am going to fine everyone here in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a city where a person has to steal bread so that her grandchildren can eat. Mr. Bailiff, collect these fines and give them to the defendant. Well, the following day, the New York City newspapers reported that $47.50 was turned over to a very bewildered grandmother who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving grandchildren. 50 cents of that amount being contributed by a red-faced grocery store owner, while some 70 petty criminals, people with traffic violations, and New York policemen each offered 50 cents for the privilege of doing so, and then they gave a standing ovation to the mayor. Now, 
Here's my question for you. Did this grandma in our story, did she get what she deserved? And the answer is clearly no. She stole a loaf of bread. Now, yes, did she have a good and even a compelling reason? I mean, punishment would seem to be the order of the day. But what we see in this story is kind of a simple Christian notion. You've heard it. You've heard it so many times. And what is it? Grace. Grace is the love of God that we do not deserve and that we cannot merit. Mayor LaGuardia, rather than demanding punishment of the woman, paid the fine himself and then further helped her by collecting 50-cent fines. Truly, it was more than she deserved. But that's what we're talking about, right? It was grace. Now, this is what our scripture lesson for this day is all about. Here is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner that went out and hired workers for his vineyard. Some he hired early in the day, telling them that he would pay them the usual daily wage. He went back at various times in the day and found more workers waiting to be hired. Each time he hired those that were there. And he told them that he would pay them what was right. No details are given as to why some workers were late. At the end of the day, it was time to pay all of the workers. He begins with the ones who were most recently hired, and he paid them the usual daily wage. Now, that excited the other ones who had been there all day. They thought surely that they would be paid even more now than what the lake the late workers had. I mean, obviously, they had been the ones there that had worked hard all day under the glaring sun. But their excitement was short-lived. In fact, they were upset and they grumbled when they got their pay. When the landowner heard them grumbling, he explained that he wasn't unfair at all. He gave them what they had agreed upon. But it was his money, and he could be generous if and to whom he chose to be. The workers at the end of the day didn't get what they deserved, right? What they get, they got mercy. I mean, that is also grace. But you know what? Let's not mistake this. Every person in the story receives grace. Now, there is danger here because the danger is, well, have you ever had someone in your life who just always seems to 
you know, maybe something kind of bad happens, but it only happens for a little while, and then good things keep happening to them. And you kind of go, man, I think I like that person, but I kind of resent the fact that all these good things keep happening to them, even though they kind of do some dumb things and kind of heap problems on themselves, but it all seems to keep working out. Do you have people like that? You're probably naming some right now, right? In your head, and that's fine. But here's the thing. Sometimes we hold this against people, you know? And so we're in danger of hardening our hearts when it comes to God's grace, when it comes to God's blessing. And in so doing, what do we do? Number one, we make it hard to receive God's grace. And number two, we make it hard for us to offer God's grace to other people. We just get too upset. Now, the great thing with all of this is, is if we can just figure out how to be happy, to be joyful when other people get a blessing that they don't deserve, then you know what? If we can truly do that, we then open our hearts. Their blessing becomes, we become a part of their blessing. Their blessing spills over because that is the nature of blessing. That's the nature of grace. Grace never just stops with one person. If it truly is grace, not only does it bless you, but then you turn around and bless others. And the grace and the love continue. Grace is God's gift to each one of us. It is nothing that we deserve. David Seaman ends his book, Healing Grace, with this great story. For more than 600 years, the Habsburgs exercised political power in Europe. When Emperor Franz Joseph I of Austria died in 1916, his was the last extravagant imperial funeral. A procession of dignitaries and elegantly dressed court personages escorted the casket draped in black and gold, which were the imperial colors. The group was led by a military escort with a military band playing a very somber dirge. This group descended the stairs of the Capuchin Monastery in Vienna, and at the bottom was a great iron door leading to the Habsburg's family crypt. Behind the door was the Archbishop of Vienna, the officer in charge followed the prescribed ceremony established centuries before, and he cried, open. And the archbishop replied, who goes there? We bear the remains of his imperial and apostolic majesty, Franz Joseph I, by the grace of God, Emperor of Austria, King of Hungary, Defender of the Faith. Now, I'm stopping there, right? Because the officer continued to list the emperor's 37 titles. And after he had said it all, 
The archbishop replies, we know him not. And so the officer says again, or the archbishop says again, who goes there? And the officer tries three more times he has to go through this. And three more times the archbishop replies, we know him not. And finally, the officer says, we bear the body of Franz Joseph I, who is our brother, a sinner, just like us. The door is open, and Franz Joseph is admitted. My friends, no matter who we are, what titles we have, or how much we have, no one can open the way to God's grace. Grace is freely given, and the only prerequisite is to be open to the grace, to allow the grace. My friends, God tells us the story so that we can do a heart check. It's both personal and it's very corporate. Personally, let's not grieve when someone that we know is blessed. Let's rejoice with them. Now, I know this is hard. You know how I know? I know this because I had an older sister. And my older sister always got to stay up later than me. And what did I do? I did what God's people have done for generations, for centuries, because God's people, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. What do God's people do? It's kind of like something we're good at. What do we do? We complain and we grumble, especially when we don't understand it, especially when we don't think or see that it benefits us. And that's what I did. And I told my parents, this isn't fair. And you know what my parents said? In essence, they said this, I don't care. <laughs> We're not sure having kids was fair. We just want peace. In order for us to have peace, you got to go to bed. And here's the thing, we're teaching you a life lesson because guess what, buddy? Life ain't fair. So get over it and go to sleep. Now, here's what's funny about this. Because my sister was seven years older. And I do have to say, I credit my sister for wearing my parents out. <laughs> because when I got older... I did not have near the restrictions that she had because they were tired, right? They're interested in peace. We've already established that. And then she would see my curfew as later than what she used to have to do, and she'd say, it's not fair. And my parents would say to her, life's not fair. But here's the thing about grace. Grace is fair, but you know why? Because grace is given to everybody. Grace is God's amazing gift to you. And so what I want to encourage you to do 
is to live into that grace and to live into it personally. Never begrudge somebody the love and the grace of God. Celebrate that with them. But then you know what? Corporately, it is so important that we be a church that lives into God's grace. Because if we're not, then we cease to be a church. We're just a bunch of people who gather together and make each other feel good. But if you want to have power, it's always going to be connected to grace. You know, one of the images that I really love, and it's an image that comes to us from the Apostle Paul. You know what the Apostle Paul says to us? He says, you are a earthen vessel, a cracked imperfect earthen vessel. But within this vessel is an immeasurable treasure. And of course, what's in the vessel? God's grace. So I want you to kind of picture yourself. You're this vessel. And then you have God. And what's God doing? God's pouring grace and love and life and mercy and forgiveness into this imperfect vessel. Now, once you fill it to the top, what's supposed to happen? Well, sometimes it stops. But now I want to add to this picture, okay? I want you to picture your family and your friends and your church and the people you work with and all of society with cups all around you, right? And so that when God pours grace into your cup, into your um, imperfect broken cup, and you begin to overflow, what happens to the overflow? Does it just spill onto the floor? Or does that overflow do what? It starts to fill all the other cups. And then if you really look, you're going to see that there are other cups that are above you, that they've been filled, and they've overflowed, and they've filled yours. Because this is the image of grace that we need to have as a church. That God's grace is abundant. And guess what? No matter how much grace you give away, you're going to get everything back and more. So why are we not a church that just finds a way to just give grace away? Keep giving it away. Don't hold it on. Because the minute you start holding on to grace, it ceases to be grace. The minute you give it away, grace flows. More of it comes because you can't outgive God. And besides, it's not yours anyway. It was given to you. So let the blessing keep going. Let the blessing keep flowing. Don't stop it. Don't restrict it. Be that imperfect self you are. And get overflowed with the love of God that then fills the cups of others. I mean, look, friends, I'm just pulling this up. This is just a, a small thing that goes on. This happens every week, y'all. We talk about this, right? It's our announcements. But do you know, you know what I'm showing you? These are opportunities for God's grace to overflow every week. And just some of them. They're not even all of them. These are just kind of some highlights. So, the Hope Center is in need of a food restock. 
My friends, this is important to get out, but I promise you there needs to be more food than they can put on shelves, okay? Because we've received grace and for some reason we've, we've shut it off. So let's go shop. Let's go make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let's make sure people are fed, all right? Bunk bed built. Man, this is awesome, y'all. This is something that entire families can go and do and be a part of, right? There's all kinds of skill levels required. But then not only that, do you build bunk beds, but then they will deliver these bunk beds on Christmas Eve. And you can be a part of that. You really want to be a part? I'll give you an excuse not to come to Christmas Eve. And it's not because you ate too much and you opened presents. It's because you are serving and doing work in the kingdom of God. You're going to experience a true Christmas Eve. When you take these bunk beds to these kids, when you help to set them up in their house, do you know what they would say? With tears in their eyes, they will come up to you and they'll say, thank you. I'm 10 years old, and this is the first bed I've ever slept in. Y'all, these are opportunities to make a difference in the kingdom of God, and they come to us all the time, and they come to us, and all they need is for us to stop being the dam that keeps the grace from flowing, but to open the gates and let grace flow out of our church and into the world. I could go on. There's more examples, but I'll stop. You're welcome. But I think you get the point, right? We have opportunities because we've been blessed. We've been blessed. You know what our job is? It's to take that blessing and to bless others. Live into that grace Live into that blessing. Don't let the blessing stop with you. You were blessed in order that you can bless somebody else. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.